Welcome to Bell Interrupted. Are you out of your damn mind? You get to drink from the fire hole! This is an embarrassment, a disgrace! What? What's the matter, kid? You got wax in your ears? Don't do it! You got Tammy and <laughs> Hello and welcome to Film Erupted. This is the show where I get to do whatever I want while dealing with the constant antics of Smash. We can review movies, video games, and who knows what else. Episodes can be spooky, too oddly informative, to downright stupid. I am your host, Phil Allen, and I do welcome you to the show. Today's topic for the show is going to be Red Dead Redemption 2. This is a game that came out in, I want to say 2018. Yes, it's an action-adventure game developed by Rockstar which, as many of you know, makes the Grand Theft Auto series as well, which I've never played, oddly enough. But um, anyway, enough about that. You can send me hate mail. We are talking about Red Dead Redemption today. So there's a lot to talk about in this. Um, it is a fantastic game. Let's just start with that. I finished Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, a few months ago now, but I played that game for 16 months And if I wanted to, I probably could have stretched it out even a little bit longer. And that is saying a lot because 16 months playing one game and no other game. I did not pick up a single other title. I didn't mix in, you know, a Madden game or FIFA or any other type of game at all in between. Not one. You get the point. Just Red Dead Redemption 2. And it filled up that much of my time. I I think there is a way that you can check the total game time that you've played, but I'm scared to look at it because it's probably like days and like weeks worth or something. It's got to be an insane amount of time that I spent playing that game because it's not just all like missions and shooter ups. Like you think, oh, it's Red Dead Redemption. That's a Wild West game. So it's just going to be shooting and gun draws and Stuff like that. And there's a lot more to it. Of course, that is part of it, but there's a lot more to it. It's far and away the most in-depth game I've ever played. So what I wanted to do during the course of this show was sort of ramble about Red Dead Redemption 2 and all the things I liked so much about it. Because I'm going to say it right now, it is probably my all-time favorite game. That's saying a lot because I love the Mass Effect series. I did a podcast about that. Quite a few years ago, it's somewhere in the archives. Go back, you can see the Mass Effect sound. I review the soundtrack, which we're going to do something similar like that here today. Love Mass Effect. Uh, recently did the Halo episode not too long ago. I love Halo series as well. But this one particular game. Now, there's Red Dead Redemption 1, and then there's Red Dead Redemption 2, which is a prequel to the first game. It tells the story uh, before. Now... They're both awesome, and I really enjoyed the original Red Dead Redemption. And then they they also came out with like a an additional uh, add-on to the series called the Undead Nightmare, which is basically like I don't remember that one too much. I mean, I beat it; it was fun. It was like they were all they were all like zombies, basically. All the regular townsfolk and whatever were zombies. I really don't remember any missions from that or anything. Um, to be dead honest with you. I remember this one funny glitch though that happened in that game where the monsters, the zombies' heads would disappear sometimes. Now this is going back onto the old, I guess when Xbox 360 at the time? I forget which exact. I guess it was, yeah, Xbox 360. There, Yeah, the heads would disappear. So there'd just be these like 
people running after you with no heads and it was like an obvious glitch because it was all of them and you'd have to like reset the, at least my cartridge or my game you'd have to reset it to uh to get the heads to come back but anyway but aside from that it was a, a fun game to a fun little addition um and then that came, the the original red dead redemption came out in 2010 that's so long ago and i i think i was kind of late to that party i think i played like 2013 14 something like that because I remember picking up the first Red Dead, I was like, "I'm not too, you know, I gotta play. I should play some music behind while we're chatting here about Red Dead because there's a lot of cool songs that I picked out from the soundtrack." The uh, the first one we're gonna get started with here is actually plays at the end of the game. It's playing right now. It's called "See the Fire in Your Eyes." The first time I heard this one, I didn't I didn't even like it actually, but uh, I grew into. Uh, I like this track now. I like the woman here singing. It's It's got a nice, subtle touch to it, and there's really nothing else quite like this song in the game. You know, I could be mistaken. It is possible that this plays somewhere during the gameplay, and I just forget. But I know for certain it's in the end credits. That's where I, I recall hearing it. And, like, the lyrics, like, you know, you tried your best, you're tired, which is very similar to the... Arthur Morgan's story. Oh, you tried your best. Oh, wrong part. You battled hard. You battled hard. The war is won. You did your worst. You tried your best. There was tried your best. Finally. Anyways, I was getting off here on a tangent. Red Dead Redemption 1, 2010. I said I played it like 2013, 14. And then it took forever for Red Dead 2 to come out. I mean, it took eight years after the original. And apparently the developers started working on it uh, not long after the first one was actually over. Like, pretty quickly, because they knew they had a hit on their hands and whatnot, and they immediately started working on it. But I think people now understand why it took eight years or so to make, because the grandness the expansive, massive open world of Red Dead Redemption 2 is freaking ridiculous. I've never played a game that is so large, and apparently I did a little reading about it. Red Dead Redemption 2 is the largest game ever made in terms of the world that you can explore. I just searched a few websites, maybe that's incorrect, but I know they had said Grand Theft Auto 4 or 5, I forget which one, had a really large world as well, and Red Dead Redemption 2 is like over twice of that. So it is just this absolutely massive world. And uh, you know what? I'm just going to stop this right now before we get into any kind of spoilers. Guys, if you are listening to this and you are, you know, you say in the back of your head, hey, I'm, I haven't got to Red Dead or Red Dead 2 yet. In all honesty, seriously, if you really do have any interest in ever playing these games, please stop listening. Turn off my podcast right now. Because I can't be held liable if I squeal on some spoilers here. Uh, It may just come out. And you really, really need to experience this game on your own. There's nothing like the first playthrough of these Red Dead Redemption games. They're just, they're so enthralling. They're so well made. You don't want stuff spoiled for you. Because I remember I was like stone cold shocked when certain certain things happened. Alright, that first song ended... We're going to go on to another one here in the background. Oh, this one's called Jim Milton Rides Again. This one's uh, very action-packed. It's got... It's coming. I love all the horns. 
Jim Milton. You you guys, again, here, spoiler, turn it off. You haven't listened. All right. Now, if you still want to listen or you play the game, we'll move on here. Jim Milton. You know that's no character's name. It's fake. John Marston. That's his fake name when he's uh, trying to restart his life after the gang. It's called Jim Milton Rides Again. And this song is actually, which I did not realize this because I played the original Red Dead so long ago, that this is an updated version of John Marston's theme song from the first one. And I went back and listened to it. It was, it was not nearly as exciting as this one. So they really amped up the production and made John Marston's song way more exciting for Red Dead 2. It could possibly be my favorite song in the game. Uh, usually used during fun gunfight scenes and stuff like that. It's a really fun song. Very energetic. I actually think one of the other songs I'm going to play later is very similar. So... Well, actually, let's blend this one because we'll get to it a little bit later. I think it's basically the same tune. Next up here, we got this is the train heist theme. Of course, you got to rob your trains in Red Dead. But anyway, I was saying how Red Dead 2 has this amazing open world. It's so incredibly large. You can be on the top of a cliff somewhere, overlooking like forests, out to like a lake. And then turn around behind you, and there's mountains. And you can get to all of it. It's insane. Like, if you just keep running enough on your horse, uh, following the trails and stuff, and going over brooks and streams, you'll eventually get to where you are looking at. For the most part. I mean, there is... The world is contained to a point. You just can't endlessly go forever. But generally speaking, if you can see it, you can get to it. And that is incredibly cool. And you don't just get to it and it's not just like like a pixelated tree or something like they like they move they sway things change you can go walk through an area on your horse like 15 times come back another time and suddenly there's like a guy hanging from the tree or you know different things happen and just talking about the the world of red dead and how again expansive it is all these like people that are walking around in these cities and little country towns like uh valentine and Strawberry and all these different places in the game all the people you can talk to and a lot of them you can have like long conversations with or you can be like <laughs> You could be nice to them or you can antagonize them and say something really rude and they get pissed and They'll shoot at you and they're like the stupid sheriff comes after you got to pay a bounty I mean god how many times did I accidentally run people over with my horse in the towns is I got better at it during the course of the game where I was pretty good at being able to dodge people, but when I first started playing, I was constantly stomping people in town, and then the the, the sheriff tries to arrest you, and the bounty hunters come after you. You got to pay. I was always paying a bounty for doing something stupid. I remember this one time, I the button Y, at least for the Xbox One, is you press the Y button to mount your horse. I can't tell you how many times I pressed Y to mount, but I was in San Denis or however however you pronounce that one city. And I would accidentally, immediately try to rob somebody because Y is also the rob button. <laughs> and I would accidentally rob somebody and get into a fight with them and the cops would come after me and I'd be like, No, no, I just want to get on my horse. Come on. Anyway. Alright, so that was the, tra the train heist theme, which of course is, you know, such a classic Wild West thing to do is to, is to get a train. You gotta steal your train. 
I think these songs again are in absolutely no particular order. I didn't want I didn't take enough time to put them in order here. This one is called The Finale. Arthur fighting. I really hope people who have any intentions of playing this game have turned this off because this is the final fight scene, spoiler alert, where Arthur is fighting Micah Bell. At least okay, I should rephrase that. There's chapters in the game, and this is the end of the sixth chapter, which is the first stage of the game, where you're a character called Arthur Morgan, who at first is seems a little slimy, a little rough around the edges, but man, by the end, he's so endearing, and you have so come to love being Arthur Morgan. The whole idea of the game is redemption, so his character makes a serious character arc turnaround, and he's, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Arthur Morgan is probably one of the most beloved characters in recent video game history. John Marston, he's cool. He's all right. Uh, he's not as likable as Arthur Morgan. I think most people can agree to that. And anyway, this is the final fight scene where Arthur Morgan is fighting against the evil Micah Bell. I hate that prick. Is there anybody out there listening who's played this and does not hate Micah? I mean, Arthur even saves him from that jail at one point, and Mike is still a total piece of shit to him the whole time. Hey, Black Lung. Looks like you're not gonna make it. (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, I just wanted to shoot Micah Bell in the face so many times. Anyway, I think I got lost talking about how you can antagonize random city folk or people passing by on their horses. And it's just that interactiveness that's just incredible for how many thousands of different people you run into that game, little characters that you can talk to. And again, some of them, they're short conversations, but you can talk to anybody in the streets. And then there's these great side missions that pop up out of nowhere. And some of the side missions are pretty darn long, and they can be like three, four, five, six parts to a side mission that has nothing to do with like the main storyline. And the main storyline, of course, is Arthur Morgan with the uh, uh, Vanderlind gang. I believe I'm pronouncing it right. It's Dutch's gang that we know it as. And it's got a bunch of uh, different characters in the in the the gang here. You've got you know your cook Pearson. You've got some oddball people. There's some girls that help out with Grimshaw, Molly. I guess his Dutch's girlfriend, Tully. I'm not going to go through them all. But there's a bunch. Of, there's some girls there who help out. Abigail, who's married, of course, to John Marston, or not quite married yet. They're they're not married yet. That's oh, see, spoiler. That happens later in the game. And they have their son Jack, who's he's a bit of a wimp, but he's a nice little kid, I suppose. And uh, and then you got some other fighting people in the gang. You got Hosea, old timer, uh, Lenny, uh, <coughs> uh, Javier. There's a bunch, right? So you got a bunch of guys. Charles, etc. Some some good guys, some eh, kind of shady guys too, some of them. But everyone's got your back in the gang. And the Vanderlyn gang, Vanderlyn gang has gotten into some trouble. If they're on the run from the Pinkertons, which is like an agency hired to track down the gang. And they're always running away from the law as well because they're doing shady stuff. And that's basically what the, the story of the game more or less is, is is you kind of running away to different camps and hiding from different groups of people trying to survive in all these oddball side stories, which are 
unbelievably fun. And I could definitely go through a whole list of my favorite ones, but I'm sure you have your own favorites as well. That would probably be a super long show if all I did was talk about missions. This is the bank robbery theme. And as you know, things went real wrong during the uh, the bank robbery. Perhaps it's almost foreshadowed that things probably weren't going to go right during that one. Of course, there's quite a few other times in this game when you go to rob some place and things like you actually like make out pretty well or you don't like people don't get killed in your gang. You're like, oh, we did all right. And this bank robbery, things did not go well. So again, though, I said that it took me 16 months to play this game. And so much of it, as I just mentioned before, side missions, things like that, I spent an insane, insane amount of time doing stuff that had nothing to do with the storyline. Storyline's brilliant. It's great. It's a whole gang, all the stuff about the gang. I spent countless hours searching for herbs and, like, orchids, like certain flowers and, and herbs and spices and stuff. Seriously, I loved, loved doing the herbalist challenge. There's challenges you can do. All different kinds, survival, horsemen, which is you gotta like run your horse from like one side of the map to the other side in under 10 minutes or something like that. Like certain town to towns and without touching water, like all sorts of random stupid ass things they come up with you to do aside from just the main part of the game, the main story, which makes it so fun because you can just keep going and going and going. Not to mention, there's all these different things you can do in terms of hunting animals, studying them, hunting them, skinning them, you get the carcasses, you sell them to the, the um, oh my god, what's he called? Shoot, I'm having a total lapse here. Um, uh, they're all over the place, the little, fuck! Ah, I finally remember, to the trappers, that's it, you sell them to the trappers, <clears throat> and you can get special Outfits and hats and gloves, whatever, shoes, boots made up of stuff. I mean, I, I wore the skunk hat for a long time. And then funny hats you'd find and ridiculous stuff. I like to wear the most ridiculous stuff that I could so people, you'd be like riding your horse by and they're like, look at you, pal. Like, you look, you insane. Like, they'd say crazy stuff to you about your stuff you're wearing. Really funny stuff. That was like really simplistic. They actually had some really creative things. They would, uh, yell to you, but you could get real creative and make your own outfits, and also certain animals you'd have to track down to get their skulls and different things like that so that you could bring back to camp and add additions onto your camp that would increase the gangs, um, if they were like happy or sad kind of thing, like the overall morale of your gang, and the more stuff you went out and hunted for your gang would increase um, the morale of the people and, and make it look better. You could get you know, like carpets and different stuff like that made of animals' furs for the people at, at your campsite. And I took an insane amount of time to do that. You'd also find these legendary animals, <clears throat> and you go after them, and usually they were white. Most of the legendary animals were white. You'd have to track them down, and those skins were worth a lot. You could always get specialty stuff. I really like the... I think I had a... What was it now? Some sort of a... Maybe it was like a ram. Like a legendary ram or something like that. I got the hat. Or a pronghorn or something. I had a really cool hat that I used to wear all the time. with badass. And some sweet-ass chaps. Like these bright white fur chaps. And that was always fun. And you could, like... I remember... 
I went and got I'd save up my money to go get horses. The Arabian horses were really fast. And then there's that one, I don't know if you knew about this, up in the, the snow area. Forget what the lake is called without seeing the actual map. All right, so that was the end of the bank robbery. Let's put on another little song, another little ditty here in the background. Oops, I put on the bank robbery again. <laughs> now this one's called Fleeting Joy Battle Theme. I don't really recall which fight this is in. I think this may have been when you were on Guarma, which is a weird chapter. I forget exactly, but uh, <clears throat> it's kind of different than some of the other tunes that we're playing here, but this is another fighting song. Anyway, you could go up and try to find the white Arabian horse up in the far north in the mountains there. I guess that's the Grizzlies West, if I'm remembering correctly, way up there on the map. Kind of like where you start the game in the snow. And you can find this white Arabian, and if you're able to break it, get on it, and it tries to throw you off, you're able to stay on. That is, that's a nice horse. That's a nice free horse. You don't have to pay any money for it. You just have to break it, uh, make it comfortable, make it tame for you. Dude, I must have tried 57 times to stay on this horse, and it kept throwing me off, and then I'd lose it, and I'd have to come back a couple days later, find it, throw me off. If you could still see the horse, you can run after it and try again and again, but if you lose it, you have to come back like a few days later in the game. Oh, so frustrating. But I was finally able to get on that sucker, and I had that, that sucker... Uh, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I forgot I had this. So, I finally got the White Arabian. I was all happy. It was earlier on in the game. And you can... Oh, see, the music gets intense. You're shooting people. And so... Yeah, there's a thing you could do, like, cinematic view. Where if you were running somewhere, you would set it on your map. You'd use... you go to, like, the map index kind of thing. And then you would do a marker and say, like, I want to go here. So it shows you, like, a path on red, like, which trails you should follow to get there. Like, probably the fastest way, most likely. And if you didn't feel like running from somewhere to that your destination, it could take a long time. Take like 15, 20 minutes easily to run somewhere if you're doing it manually. Sometimes I would just set it up. You press A, hold down on A, and <clears throat> press the cinematic view. And it basically will self-guide. It's like autopilot. It'll take your guide to that destination, right? And then you can hit A a few more times and make him sprint, go a little faster. So I would do that, and I would literally walk away from the game. Like, I'd go to the bathroom, you know, go make a sandwich, slap the kids around when they're making noise when trying to play the game, you know, something like that. That was a joke. And so, go do something else for a few minutes and then come back. Because, like I said, it take like 10, 15 minutes sometimes to run across the map to certain places. I did it a lot. Well, right after I got the White Arabian horse, I was so pumped. So much faster and better than the crappy horses you have in the beginning of the game. And, and I come back, and my horse and my character have been run over by a train. I was like, what are the freaking odds of that happening? I was so pissed. I was so pissed. Another time, I bought a really expensive horse. It was like over a thousand bucks, which is a lot in the game. And I was, I was uh, the Murdoch boys, the Murdoch people, like this gang of like inbred hicks. And they attacked my camp at night. You know how you can like go to sleep at night if you played the game? You set up your little fire, you can craft some stuff, eat whatever, and then go to sleep. And it actually helps your character rejuvenate. It's actually a good thing to sleep in the game. And I was about ready to go to sleep and the Murdoch people attacked my camp and started shooting at me and they shot my fucking horse. I was so pissed. I thought about like going back to a previously saved game so that that didn't happen, but I decided that was like cheating. I could just probably save enough money to get another horse, but 
I remember telling my coworkers who were also playing this game that my uh, my horse got shot at a freaking uh, like at a campsite, and they couldn't believe it. They were like, "That? Are you sure?" I'm like, "I swear to God, dude! I swear to God, it happened." Okay, the next song on here, the background. Oh, this is a good one. This is the West Elizabeth theme. Just those gentle little guitars, and I don't even know what that sound is. Little background sounds. It's not like a full-blown song here, but God, I know you've all heard this so many times you played this game. Like I said, when you're running forever across the map, discovering stuff, there's these themes that play in certain... They're, quote, they're called states that you're in. There's like New Hanover, West Elizabeth, uh, there's a couple of them, Lemoyne, however you pronounce it, a few other ones in the game. This is the one played in West Elizabeth. And I find these ridiculously, like, relaxing to listen to because they're so minimalistic. It's not, like, music blaring. Again, you're running around all the time exploring. It's almost like background ambient noise. And that made that game so cool, as I was saying before, about doing the different hunting missions and the herbalist challenge that I did. Back to that again. Phil's always talking about picking the plants. I, that was the one I, I enjoyed the most. And you're going to say, what? You played this, like super classic epic wild west game where you're a gunslinger and like one of your favorite things if not your favorite thing was trying to find shrubs and raspberries in the forest yes damn straight it was i don't know why you got to use this thing called like eagle eye where you press the two little um like toggle sticks down at the same time and you can see you look around like slow motion and you can see things like a almost like it looks like a little like Glitter or like a reverse snow thing coming off of a bush or like an herb. Oh, excuse me. And you can go over and pick it and you can use it for different stuff, sell it, whatever, craft it into different like poisons and shit like that. I had so much fun doing this. I was such a geek for finding the herbs. I loved it. There's this thing where you can find all 40 of the different orchids and stuff like that in the game. And, uh, like, sages and all sorts of crap. And I had so much fun finding it. I swear to God, I played almost two weeks straight of doing nothing but looking for plants. Nothing. Like, my kids walk by. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, ah, oh, I can't, I can't find, um, I can't, I can't find, like, the milkweed. Or, like, that's, actually, that one's pretty easy to find, but just like this one type of plant and they're like well like why are you looking for it i'm like i don't know i need to check it off my list <laughs> so i complete a challenge so, like two weeks straight on just that one challenge of finding the plants obsessed but that was what made it so fun and there's all these little things you can discover like pirate hats and all sorts of obscure shit like that that's that's really great and it's all while hearing some of these great subtle tunes in the background and uh, I would fall asleep sometimes, too, while playing Red Dead because we'd be playing late at night. You know, it's hard for me to get in any kind of video game time with all the kids around and our usual busy schedule. It's usually either, like, in the mornings on possibly a Saturday or Sunday if we don't have a lot going on, get in a couple hours in the morning, or later at night from, like, 11 to 12. But a lot of times I'm falling asleep anyway. I'm tired, so I don't even bother. But occasionally I'll get in some late night hours. Sometimes I fall asleep, you know, you're running across, you know, like the Great Plains or in a Cumberland forest or something. <clears throat> and I just pass out while I'm running around. 
I don't, know, I don't know why I got such a kick out of that, but I did many times fell asleep because this music is so relaxing. You played Red Dead, you know what I'm talking about. Here's another one. Another exploring. The only thing it's missing is like... Your horse trotting along. Occasionally yelling some, Get out of the damn way! Or something like that. Howdy, ma'am. Now, some people actually kind of had a problem with some of the the gunplay in the game. They said that they didn't like the way some of the fighting sequences went. Personally, I didn't have any problem with it. Of course, there's the Deadeye, which slows down, and you can shoot a lot of people. I was really bad at the Deadeye in the beginning. I was seriously underutilizing it. But towards the end of the game, it lasts much longer as you continuously get upgrades and enhancements for your character. And I, I got much better at using the Deadeye. It became quite effective. In fact... There's definitely some parts where you have to use it because there's so many dudes after you. But yeah, some people criticized that the guns, the way they were used, and the I guess like you can do like the assist aim, which, come on. If you're not doing the assist game, I mean, you're like the best shooter in the world because it's hard to get locked onto those people. I don't know. I guess some people have problems with that because like games like Halo, they don't really have like assist aim. You just, you shoot and you are exactly where the target goes, the little crosshairs. It's not quite like that in this one unless you want it that way, but everybody I knew did the auto or assist aim, whatever it's called. I don't know. Some people had problems with that. That's quite minor in my opinion. I think that was still really well done. Compared to all the stuff that is going on in this game, people were worried about a little auto aim. It's kind of cool though when you see the stuff towards the end of the game that is in the original game. They've kind of upgraded it, so like, when you get to Blackwater, which during the whole first part of Red Dead 2, you can't get to Blackwater, that's like a sore subject, stuff went wrong there, can't go, no-go zones, too many, wanted dead or alive, baby, there's too many bad guys there, bounty hunters after you, but later on in the epilogues, you're able to go there, John Marston, you go there, and it's cool because you see stuff that has, um... In Red Dead 2, it's being built, like the town is still being built up and there's under construction and things like that. And back in the original Red Dead Redemption, like that whole part of like the city is built, you know, like the buildings are done and everything. It's just cool to see how the game had the, enough uh, foresight and presight or whatever you want to call it to go back and make things chronologically make sense. It's really, really cool. Even in Red Dead 2, as you get to the John Marston part of the game, which is um, significantly longer period of time after the Arthur Morgan story ends at one point. And uh, you're seeing like certain cabins have been built when you're running through the forest that was never there before, right? You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa what's this here? And there's a whole like cattle area, this ranch that you end up working on and all that. But that was never there when you were playing as Arthur Morgan. Only after was it, you know, built and people settled the land and stuff. And I thought that was so cool that they made um, 
mm-hmm. things that made sense in in real life. Things get built, things get aren't always the same, and they had like the again the foresight to add that in. I think that was a really really nice touch for world building. All right, so this is Cruel World. This is Willie Nelson, believe it or not. They got Willie Nelson to get in here. You know you're a pretty legit game. Willie Nelson's getting involved. Cruel, cruel world. I can't sing anymore. So this is the part when uh, John Marston is basically admitted that he needs to still be an outlaw and take care of some shit. And he's going back to Valentine, I think, to meet up with Miss Adler, if I'm remembering correctly. Let's just talk a little bit about some of the amazing scores that this game got. Let me just turn this down a notch here. There's actually two versions of this Cruel World. And we're going to let this one play first with the Willie Nelson version. And there's one by a different guy. I'm forgetting his name now, like Howard or something like that. And that one plays during the end credits. I'm not sure why they had a remix of it, but I actually, no offense to Willie Nelson, I actually think I like the other one better. Extremely similar, just a different subtle uh, singing style that makes the other one a little more um, attractive to me for whatever reason. We'll play that next. You can you can be the judge. Anyway, some of the ridiculous scores that this game, because this game got insane reception. Oftentimes, the hype and the wait for a game doesn't quite live up to expectations because there was huge expectations for Red Dead 2. Huge, huge. It kept being delayed. People were like, oh my god, it's never going to come out. Finally came out and uh, absolute home run, right? No need to say anything more. Total, total hit. It got, uh, here's the PS4 version, got a 97 out of 100, according to critics. The Xbox One got a 97 out of 100, and the PC got a 93 out of 100. Those are amazing grades for video games. Even some of the best games I've ever played, like Mass Effect and things like that, don't have scores that high because people have a bone to pick about, like, everything. You know how people are these days. But everyone pretty much universally agreed that this game was freaking ridiculously fantastic. Uh, Other scores that it got from other magazines, I think the Willie Nelson song just ended there. Let me just tell you a little bit more here. These other magazines here, these are GameSpot, Game Informer, uh, IGN. These are all big websites uh, for video games if you ever do searches. Like, there was a lot of missions for Red Dead that I'd get confused about. Like, I couldn't find... Like, again, like the herbs. I keep talking about the herbs. There's a lot of other things in there, but like animals to hunt, things to discover. There's caves you can find. Like, all... I mean, there's tons of weird little side missions, like I said. And sometimes I'd look them up because I needed help. I couldn't find stuff. Like, there's this one with a vampire. I don't know if you're aware of this. And you find, like, some weird writing on the wall in the town Saint-Denis. And you have to find, like, five, I think, different places where there's, like, writing and red letters. It could be, like, blood or something. You would have never found those places on your own. Like, they were so hard to find. They're, like, these back alleys and stuff. You never would have found them, right? You could have played that game for 10 years and never found that stuff. So, anyway, sometimes I go online and look it up. And the whole point of me saying this is the scores that these online video game sites give this are ridiculous, too. Nine and a half stars, ten stars, ten stars, ten stars, nine, ten. It says here, Red Dead 2 received universal acclaim from critics. 
The game is one of the highest rated... Oh, wait a minute, actually. This game is the highest rated game on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One alongside a Grand Theft Auto Five, So there you go, which both games are Rockstar Studios. So it goes to show that they are kind of in a league of their own when it comes to making games. And I had kind of alluded to that earlier on that, you know, I just recently played Halo Guardians. I don't, if you've listened to the Halo episode, I hadn't played it yet, um, but I did get a chance now. And I beat Halo Guardians in three and a half weeks. Uh, and I wasn't playing like a ton, but I got in a few hours here and there. It was a good game. I had pretty good graphics. Storyline was all right. Three and a half weeks from start to finish. Game over. Red Dead 2, 16 months, and I could have kept stretching it out. Like, I eventually was like, I need to end this at some point. That's how much of a bigger game this is that these people made. And the attention to detail is so much higher. Like, it, I love the Halo series, but... Uh, Red Dead 2 puts this last Halo game to shame. Like, it's just clear the writers and the animators and the musicians and just from the ground on up how many talented people were involved in Red Dead 2. It's just, it blew the Halo game out of the water, which is pretty, pretty incredible to say. It was definitely comparable to Mass Effect, has a very large storyline and, and world to itself. It was similar to that. And I, again, I love that, but I really think Red Dead 2 might have been my all-time favorite game. It really might have. Let's see if I can find that other version of Cruel World here. Cruel, Cruel World. Okay, I got it here. It's actually by a guy named Joshua Holm. Way wrong. Did I say like Howard or something like that? Way off. So I find this Cruel World version to be, I don't know, something a little more relaxing about it. Just take a listen here real quick. quite as like country hokey as Willie Nelson's version. However, I believe in the game it is Willie Nelson's version that is actually used. So Cruel World is faded down there. I like that version better. This next song is called Unshaken. And this is a pretty important song throughout the game. I like when they incorporate almost like music videos of like your gang riding on the horse with the music playing and and the characters are talking about different stuff. I really like that. Or there's little flashback scenes or whatever. So this is called Unshaken. Yeah, stand unshaken. 
And I believe this plays when Arthur and the gang, well, a few members of the gang, are coming back from Guarma, the tropical island. I think this is when they return back to the United States. This song plays. And this is like a legit song. It's not just like background music. It's like an actual tune. You know, for some reason, I don't know why. I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like this song could have also been in The Sopranos. Am I way off on that? Maybe it's the way the singer, the singer is here. Listen. Kind of reminds me of like The Sopranos theme. They often whisper. They whisper. No tongue can tell from the deep water. It's like you get back from Guarma and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, things are really going wrong. We got a lot of people after us. <laughs> Stupid Dutch are starting to go nuts. Now, from what I remember, Red Dead Redemption 1 also has good music. I mean, both games are critically acclaimed for their soundtracks, but I believe Red Dead 2 actually won an award. And like I said, there's a lot of the game is just that little ambient music we sort of heard before, little guitar strings and things like that, little violin or whatever, once in a while. But when they do come in with these... The, either like the fighting songs are really good or like these songs that like kind of make you think you know like Arthur's Redemption are so well done oh guitar solo bro I feel like I'm right back in the game right now. Ugh, starting not to trust Dutch. I feel like this gang has gone astray. What does this gang even mean anymore? You know loyalty is the only thing that used to matter to me. That was my Arthur Morgan impression. Arthur Morgan, man. I know I talked about him briefly before of how he really becomes like a, a loved character, but... His like his like deep gritty voice is is so awesome. And some of his comments that he says to people are so great. They're such great responses. Yeah, if you played, you know what I mean. He takes most things in stride. Like he's, he's a good dude at heart. In the beginning, he's a bit of a prick, you know, shaking down people, stealing money, or whatever stuff like that. I used to loot everybody I came into sight with. When I first played this game, well, when I first played, I've only played it once through. But when I first started playing, I was I was looting people like nuts. I just shoot somebody I saw them and run into a campsite. If I saw that smoke, you know, you see on like the horizon or above trees, I would immediately make a beeline to it and kill everybody, steal whatever they had. I'd be like, "Ooh, wow, look, they've got like a, an apple. I'm gonna steal that apple there, or some like extra like ammo or 
Ooh, oh my god, they got moonshine. They've got the Kentucky bourbon or whatever it is. I would steal all that stuff and then loot them for like 57 cents they'd have on their body. But I was obsessed with that. So like my honor was in the shit can, man. Like the game goes sort of on like an honor system, like a scale. You're either in the red or you're up in the white. So, and it's kind of a, they have a direct sort of analogy with the buck, which is if you're high honor and the coyote, if you are low honor you're in the red so most of the game man i was like an inch or two away from being all the way as far as you can be on the left in the red and i mean i thought it was fun to just shoot people and run over people and stuff but i really i just i just wanted to get money was my main objective so robbing people and stealing from them was my main way of getting money in the beginning you don't have a lot of money and i really wanted to buy nicer guns and horses and stuff so i was pretty cruel i guess in the beginning, but as the game goes on, Arthur starts to make a lot more decisions that are redeeming. Duh. And my my honor started shooting up, and all of a sudden, I couldn't believe it. I had passed that middle zone, and then I was in the white zone. I mean, there was like people that you are supposed to go collect debts from towards the end of the game, and I was just giving them the money and telling them to leave and helping them leave. Like I was just helping everybody I could towards the end because just like you know, Arthur's on his way. And you just want to make like any wrongs, rights before your guy goes out, basically, is how I took it. Okay, so the next one I'm going to play here after Unshaken there is called Crash of Worlds. And this is a sad moment in the game. And it is sort of a remix of Unshaken. Because you'll hear the, the people sing, Oh no! Again here. I believe this plays when Arthur is passing away. Yes, I believe so. So there's two different things you could choose in the end of the game. There comes a point when you're running away and you're with John, and you can either make a decision to go help John Marston save himself and his family, or you can... Uh, go get the gold, the gang's stash of gold. And you make a decision. I personally went to go help save uh, John and get return him to his family because, I mean, my guy is, my character's dying. Fuck do I care about going to get the gold at this point? Like, the gang has already completely fallen apart. Like, more than half of the gang members are, like, dead. I'm not going to get the gold. You can always get money later. Besides, getting the money is what got everybody into trouble this whole time anyway in the gang. So... Being the family man I am, you know, of upstanding nature, um, good stature that I do have, is the word I was looking for there, I decide to go help John, and then you get into the big fight with Micah Bell up on top of the hill. Uh, If you have high honor, Micah Bell doesn't kill you, you die on your own staring out into the sunset. I can't remember what happens if you have low honor, and if you just sort of, if he kills you by beating you up, I'm not exactly sure... Either way, I know Dutch kind of, he just walks in and is like, oh, stop you two, and doesn't really help or stop him. He just, like, walks away. Like, he's almost like he's, like, at a loss of words. Like, Dutch doesn't know what to do because Arthur has been such a good brother, uh, you know, kind of brother character to him. He doesn't know what to do. And he just sort of walks away. Now, no, if you go to go, if you go to go to go to go to get the, to go to go to go to get the money, that if you have high honor, 
I don't remember again. Oh, yeah. If you have high honor, you fight off Micah Bell. Dutch comes, but he leaves, I guess, with Micah. And your character sort of falls on his back. And there's, like, fire around you. And there's you see the sun, right? The sun comes up. If you have low honor, I believe Micah Bell just stabs you, like, into your, like, heart, neck area. And just kills you because you have low honor. So, I mean, that's kind of a sad way for Arthur Morgan to die. But if you have low honor and you've been a shithead the whole game, I guess your character kind of deserves to die like a weasel. I mean, that kind of makes sense, I guess. Again, uh, if you had fought on the mountainside like I did to help John, and you die peacefully, the sun rises in that one as well over the mountains. Which I think is actually kind of the prettier of all four of the options, obviously. And then you end up having a nice little gravesite there. Now, one of the cool things is when you are John Marston... And you can go around and find all the different grave sites of different characters. It is so hard to find some of them. Oh my God. Some of those are impossible. I had to, like I said before, I'd gone to go onto some uh, gaming websites and look up maps to find where these things are. Like the Kyrian one, the character Kyrian, if I'm saying his name correct, is hidden in these, the most obscure trees next to Lake Iron Flat or Ironside, whatever that lake is called. It, you would have never found it. Never. Like, you would never just stumble upon that unless you were so lucky. You would never think to look in this thicket of trees to find a gravestone. Now, a couple other ones are really difficult. Like, way up in the snow. Like, we would never be up that way and find these things. But anyway, I did that, and it was like this, like, achievement thing popped up on my screen. It was like, rare achievement. It was like point zero one five percent of people playing the game have found all the grave sites i was like oh hell yeah another thing that's really takes a real actually you know i should put on another song while i'm rambling here give me a second let me get one uh lined up here for you what do we got what do we got what do we have here okay this one's called prologue fight theme so this happens before a lot of big battles you'll recognize this Pretty classic Red Dead song. Oops, let's just knock something over. A little mess here, guys. Oh, I got my wires tangled. This is rookie stuff here. Serious rookie stuff. So, one of the other things that I really liked about Red Dead was, again, like I've told you a hundred times now, these little side missions that take a lot of time. One of them is finding, like, rock carvings or, or paintings or whatever on cliff sides and things like that. I found, like, one or two of these just by dumb luck, but there's, I forget how many. There's a lot, like 20 or 30 or something. I had to look these up as well, and they are in the most impossible spots to find, but I loved even following the guide and running around and discovering... All these little, like, carved, carved out, like, different designs, like Indian designs or whatever. And another one of the missions was finding uh, dinosaur bones are littered throughout the map. I believe there are 30 dinosaur bones. And I, I remember I had actually discovered one just by pure luck. I guess one of the more obvious ones early in the game. And I was like, what the fuck is this? It was like a dinosaur bone? I was like, okay. And you do the little, like, inspect button. You write it down in your journal. I was like, all right, whatever. Okay, that's kind of cool. And you end up doing that, and you get you, you go through all of them, collect them. It takes a long time, but I like the stuff that gave me like something to do other than the normal game. Because I really liked running around trying to find stuff and running into random gang members and getting into fights, and that was cool shit. 
I don't know if I even got to finishing my story about the vampire in the game. If you follow the, like, the red script I said that was in the city, and then you go to the cathedral that's in town at like 1am I believe it was and you like look at your pocket watch and walk into this back alley there's this like vampire dude who is sucking out somebody's blood and it's one of the more obscure missions like there's UFOs in the game that I found um, I had to look up how to do them I didn't really know but like and so I blew away the vampire but apparently you could like hog tie him and take him out into town and you'll run around like a normal person and stuff and people do all sorts of funny stuff with him. You tie him to the tracks and let a train run over him. That's oh, great. I love the open world aspect. You can do anything you want, basically. I would throw people. I'd tie him up, hog tie him. This I did this in the beginning of the game when I was mean guy. I'd t- hog tie people, and then I would throw them into like a river and just watch them float away and drown. It's so cruel, so messed up. Or I would like shoot people, and I would blow off their arm, then their leg, then their other leg, and then their other arm, and then their head, they'd just be this disgusting, bloody torso. I know, it's really sick, but I was just seeing if I could do it, and the game let me do it! Sick, Phil. Okay, this one is called An Honest Day's Labor. This is the quintessential battle theme. There are a lot of songs during the many, many gunfights that you get into, but this one is one of the reoccurring ones. This comes in quite often, so you probably might find this one a little familiar if you play the games. Again, the most popular battle theme used throughout the game. Remember I get into these gun battles and I'd have to like, <laughs> like run away and hide behind a tree? Fucking Skinner brothers. Ooh, those guys are vicious. They come running out after you start running, running around the tree. You got to blow them away. You're throwing down like an elixir or something, trying to get some extra energy. Oh, such good stuff. I miss it. I miss it. People have asked me and said, you, "Oh, you've got you. You got to play Red Dead again. You can go back and start all over." I'm like, I played for 16 months. I don't think I have the dedication to do that again. If I went back, though, I'd probably just do more of the story mode and not do all the other miscellaneous stuff. But that's the stuff that I really enjoyed, too. Like, I just don't think I have it in me to go back to this game. As much as I loved it, like, nothing beats that first playthrough of Red Dead Redemption 2, specifically. But either one, really. That first playthrough is so enthralling. It is just so... such a masterpiece. It is just so good. That the second time would be fun and everything, and yeah, I wouldn't remember every mission or everything that's said, but I'd be familiar with it. First playthrough, mm, that newness of it is just, uh, it's, you can't replace it. You can't replace the first time. This is the other one. This is American Venom. This is the other one that I said that is like John Marston's theme song, basically. It's kick-ass, though. It's a little tuned up. Here we go. I, l- I love these really dramatic horns. Those are the exact horns that are, like I said, John Marston's theme in the first game. This is the end when you're going up the mountain in the snow, just blowing away six trillion bad guys.
and there really are a lot of guys on that mountainside coming out from everywhere. Yeah, baby! I love that sawed-off shotgun. Mm. I was a big fan of the Springfield rifle. I know, it was my favorite one. Okay, it didn't have a lot of shots. You had to reload it often, but man, that gun was accurate. And I freaking customized the shit out of that gun. It was all gold-plated, baby. It was like a pure gold gun. Sick. There were actually, I feel like, almost too many guns in that game. Like, I didn't... Some of them I barely used at all, because I just found my favorites, got good at my favorites, and rarely used some of the other ones. I used the semi-automatic shotgun a lot. You obviously use the varmint rifle a lot for hunting purposes. But I like the Springfield and the guns. I would usually use like the volcanic pistol, sawed-off shotgun, or like one of the various pistols that I jacked off one of the gunslingers or something. And sort of rotate them. Make sure you keep them clean, people. You gotta oil use that gun oil. But anyway, so yeah, this song is just fantastic. It definitely says, like, dramatic end battle, revenge, all while being super badass cowboy. I think I have two more songs for you. I'm looking at my list here. This this one here, this is a fun little ditty. This is called the House Building Theme. This is when John Marston has decided to go straight. Man, he's given up being an outlaw. Should be some singing here. I like this too. Um, but he's decided to give up the crazy Wild West world. He's going to settle down, and he decides to build a house for Abigail and Jack, so Abigail will come back to him to show her that he is serious about settling down, being a rancher, and giving up the wildlife she wants him to, him to finish. You know, she doesn't want him to get killed. I get it. Needs him to settle down. Well, we worked so hard to build a little house together. In the snow or the rain or the ice cold wind, whenever. No matter what the weather, we're together. It's a nice, cute little song, no? It really is. It's, like, heartwarming. And this game is has some, like, fun moments in it and some moments you laugh for sure. But it also has some really dark moments, you know? And a lot of people die in the game, so it's pretty pretty heavy stuff for the most part. And then when this song comes around towards the end, this is definitely, like, a little lighthearted fun. You're building the house, you're doing nails, you're moving boards with Charles and Uncle, and it's, you know, some positivity in the game. It's a little, little lighthearted tune here. One of the things I laughed super hard at once is I went to one of the 
various theaters that are in the game. I think it was the one in Sandini, actually. I went to the biggest theater. And I went into it, and I just antagonized the shit out of the show. I was yelling mean things. And I was cracking up at some of the stuff Arthur yells at the screen. And I, oh, I also went to uh, one of the vaudeville shows. So, like, there's this one side mission where you help these people that are, like, kind of like circus people or whatever. And they end up doing a show, and you go to see it. And I was, like, yelling all sorts of mean stuff at him, even though, like, I would say, like, one nice thing and then say something mean. Oh, my God. I, I can't even explain it. I'm just rambling on, but it was, it was really funny. You yell some super funny stuff. No matter any weather, we're Now let's get to the last song. My favorite song in the entire game of Red Dead Redemption 2 is That's the Way It Is. And this comes in one of the last scenes with Arthur Morgan. So again, Arthur Morgan's getting sick. He's got tuberculosis. And you can see him declining throughout the uh, middle portion of the game. He's declining fairly rapidly, but he's still able to like shoot 10,000 people while he's getting sick, but that's okay. So he's getting sick, and there's a scene where you rescue Abigail, and you think that John Marston is dead at this point, but uh, but you tell her that she you had saved Jack, and she needs to go back and get him. You give her to uh, Mrs. Adler, Sadie Adler, and she's like, all right, you're going to take him away, and there's this nice little exchange between the two women and Arthur where he's basically telling like, get out of here, you got to go. Be with your families, move on. This gang is done, and I'm done. And they're like, "No, come with us." And he's like, "No, no, like I'm done, guys. Like we all know it." That's a kind of a you know tender moment. And he gets on his horse, and I, you know I wasn't sure the first playthrough because I didn't know like is this is this going to be the final scene? Like is this it? Am I going to go have like a fight with Dutch or something? Like kill him? Like I didn't know. Like I had no idea. But I kind of had a feeling, and then this music kicks in, and I was like, oh shit, this is definitely building towards a climax, because it's, the song is very, like, self-reflective about your life, and, you know, it is what it is, exactly as the words say, but, you know, you tried your best and stuff like that, and the one in the game actually has, like, voices of characters throughout the game, and it depends on what decisions you've made, and it's like, characters are like, you're a good man, Arthur Morgan, and one is the doctor, and he's like, I'm sorry to tell you. He's like, it's a hell of a thing, kid. Like, stuff like that. And uh, I think they change depending on your honor level. If you're really dishonorable, it's like Arthur being like, you know, I didn't care about nobody kind of thing. Still being a badass to the end. But if you were more high honor, it's more of the good stuff about you. So anyway, it's my favorite song. And again, it's very um, capsulating. Like, it really almost puts like a punctuation on like the end of of the game here at least arthur morgan's story almost so this is the final confrontation on his way to see dutch because he knows now mike is a piece of shit so here you go listen
many things we learn. The building of a shrine, only just to burn. That's the way That's the way it is. This is the part where it's like, Arthur, you're a good man. Thank you, Arthur. You've done me right, Arthur. This is the best game I've ever played, Arthur. <laughs> it's, it's it's fans talking to him. This is a climatic moment in the game. You're going to confront Dutch once and for all, and you may not come back from it. It's pretty clear that Arthur knows this is probably, you know, his last confrontation, perhaps a death mission. But fuck it, man. He's, he's a man of honor. He's going to go out and finish it in style. And it doesn't quite work out that way in the game. Like I said, more still happens, and John comes back, and... You're chased off by more guys coming after you. Um, I can't remember if it's Lawman or Pinkertons. I forget who comes after you there in the end. But you get chased off that final confrontation, really, uh, up until you meet Micah on the mountain or wherever it is for you. And then Dutch doesn't do anything to help. Pretty sad way to end there. You know, Arthur was betrayed by Dutch in the end. Terrible thing. So that's it. That's my favorite song. I'm not looking at the microphone, I'm looking at the computer. Hey, 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 there we are, microphone. So that's my favorite song on the Red Dead 2 soundtrack, and that was just some songs that we played in the background while we discussed the game. There's so much more I could talk about Red Dead 2, uh, yeah, but I think you get the picture that it's without a doubt one of my favorites, if not my favorite game of all time. Maybe at some point I'll go back and revisit it once it's gotten a little foggy and I've forgotten a few things from it because I think this game is going to stand the test of time for a little while. You can say that about a lot of games and it's often not true, but there are definitely some that can. And I really think that Red Dead 2 is one of those games that is going to be really good for a while. It set the stage, you know, it really, it, it set the bar is actually more of the word I'm looking for. It set the bar. It's just so much better than every other game I've ever played in every way, pretty much. Uh, it's going to be hard to beat for a while, and I'm sure somebody will at some point. It's the way of the 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 way nature works, you know. It's the way the world works. Someone will make something better eventually, but for right now, Red Dead Redemption Two is the best. And if you haven't played it, well, you just definitely ruined a lot of stuff for yourself by listening to this. If you have played it, I think you probably know what I mean. I think most people can agree that it is a really good game. I'm just sort of rambling on here in the end about it. Now, another thing I've been thinking about doing is because I played Red Dead Redemption 1 
so long ago, like eight years plus ago, there were a lot of things I, I actually don't remember about Red Dead Redemption 1 at all. And playing Red Dead 2 kind of made a few things come back. And I was like, oh, oh, vaguely remember that. I was like, like in the end of Red Dead Redemption 2, a couple of your gang members get away and there's like no, nothing resolved with them. They just like disappear. Like Javier disappears and this guy Bill is just gone. Like most of the characters have like an ending story and Dutch disappears as well. And I was like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what the fuck happened to them? Like, why couldn't I go after them? Where did they go? And you find out that, you know, they, they ran off from the gang and stayed loyal to Dutch and whatnot. And then I, I was talking to a coworker and he was like, yeah, he's like, they're in Red Dead Redemption 1. I was like, oh my God. It's like, yes, they are. I was like, that is fantastic storytelling. And I completely forgot about that. Didn't even remember they were in the first game. Like, it was like meeting them for the first time ever when I played Red Dead 2. Didn't even remember them because it's been so many years in between. So I've been kind of kicking around. Should I go back and play Red Dead 1 since I loved Red Dead 2 so much and I forget everything that happens in the first game? I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Um, Right now I'm playing the game uh, Walking Dead, a Telltale series. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's... it's, um, it's a zombie game, obviously. It's the set in the Walking Dead world that Robert Kirkman, the guy who wrote the comics and everything, and the the TV show. It's set in that world. It's not the same characters. The main character is this girl, Clementine. And it's a totally different style game than like the, all the games I usually talk about on here, which is pretty much Mass Effect, Halo, and Red Dead. It's not a Wild West, not a sci-fi. It's not anything like that. It's zombie apocalypse world and it's it's like point and click there's no real action in the game it's mostly it's mostly mostly your decisions that you make that affect everything that happens whether characters trust you whether you don't trust them whether they get killed whether you save them or not blah, blah, blah. totally different style game it's like, it's almost like playing a movie is basically kind of what it's like making the decisions for a movie and the graphics are really cheesy looking they're like comic bookish and at first, that's real off-putting. You're like, oh, these graphics suck. Like, I knew it going into it because I'd played, uh, there's like four parts. I played the first part already long, long, long time ago. And my wife saw it and she was like, these graphics suck. And I was like, yeah, they do. They do. That's It's not about like graphics and gameplay. It's about storyline. Anyway, maybe I'll do a podcast about that when I'm finished because it's, it's a really good storyline in that one as well. But anyway, the point is that I may go back and play Red Dead 1. Uh, because I don't remember it at all. And I know the graphics are a little bit worse. I've seen side-by-sides of the new one and the old one in like the same towns and stuff to show you what the differences are. And Red Dead 2 looks so much better. I mean, the graphics are a million times better, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of kicking around. Maybe in the next game or two when I'm done this one, maybe I'll go back and play Red Dead 1 because I still have it. And because Red Dead 2 is so fresh in my mind right now, it might be really fun to just continue the story right where Red Dead 2 stops. That might be really cool to go back and do that, play the game kind of in chronological order. So anyway, um, I think that's pretty much it here. I think I've pretty much said everything I want to say about the glorious masterpiece that is Red Dead Redemption 2. There probably will be nothing quite like that game ever again. So do get out there. And play it if you have not done so already. Guys, you can send me a email at philinterrupted at gmail.com. That's it. We are out of here. Bon voyage. Howdy doody. Those aren't, is that a word for goodbye? I don't think so. 
Definitely not. Anyway, we're out of here, guys. We're making moves here on Phil Interrupted, and we will catch you next time. Peace out. Taking it real easy there, huh? Ah, oh, shut your mouth. You're already wasting enough air as it is. Go cower under your bed. You stop moping around and do some proper work. Whatever hey, the problem leave is, her alone. you need to snap out of it. You're useless right now. The local hard man, huh? Real frightening. Yep, yep, yep. Wine, wine, wine. That's what you sound like. You, lady. Get lost, or you'll have a big problem. Do us all a favor, lady, and stay oh, facing mercy. that way. Silly woman, I don't like you! Are you going to behave now? You don't look tough, you look dumb. Next time, you can go hunting in the snow, and I'll murder the cooking. So, what's for dinner? Dysentery again? Ain't you got a magic potion to get you out of here? Who let the simpleton out of the asylum? Yeah, you, you dope. Don't talk to me. Why are you speaking? Oh, I said, don't talk to me. I've got an idea, Pearson. Make something edible. The slop you turn those poor deer. Stop it! Look at you, you son of a bitch. Walking tall and acting tough. <laughs> You're feeble! Ah. Wake up, you idiot. I said, wake up! Are you paying attention now? You folks are really yeah, spoiling the view. Get out of here, you silly woman. I don't like you. I'm sorry, lady. Hey, tough guy. Don't act shy. Calm down. I'd love a fight. What you want? Oh, man, you one sour son of a bitch, ain't you? Only when I see you. How's the vacation, Marston? Sitting around. That's enough! Keep up the hard work. Hey, I don't care. You make the rest of us look good. Hey, you. You stinking coward. Run back Holy to mama. Shit. At least she loves you, but even she knows you're pathetic. Wait up, pal. I ain't serious. My lord, look at you. Your poor mother. How she must curse you. You're a chump, Arden. Yeah, you. You know I'm talking to you. You run real good. Hurry on home and put on your dress. I was only messing, partner. You know what? I ain't even gonna waste a bullet on you. Just shut your mouth. You idiot. You're a chump, Arden. What was that? Yeah, you. You know I'm talking to you. Oh, that's it. You don't want to mess we'll with me. Do not Look at you. They must have been desperate. You got one more chance. Don't move. Let's not be too hasty here. Damn cat. Don't tell me what I can't do.